Do you have less than 10 minutes to learn something new? The Latin Learner Podcast offers helpful information from experts in the school community on a wide variety of topics, ranging from social-emotional health to DEI efforts to learning strategies. The clock starts now, so let's get started. One study showed a two-grade learning difference between a kid who slept, got enough sleep, and didn't get enough sleep. So a fourth grader performs like a second grader. Of not getting enough sleep is akin to being legally drunk. So think about that for us, but then how that would affect a kid who's not getting enough sleep. So when you put a kid down overtired and you miss their window, it's kind of like the idea of giving them a six pack of Red Bull and then saying, okay, time to settle, good night. And their body produces a hormone called cortisol, which is the one that makes you kind of run. So I have three kids and they have uh, taught me a lot about many things, but, but especially about sleep. And I trained as a physician, but I, wor- I worked for the last four or five years um, in the wonderful area of pediatric sleep. So I help families all over the world establish healthy sleep patterns. I thought I'd talk a little bit about some of the basics um, about sleep. So usually we know, most of us know, why our kids should be eating healthy fruits and vegetables and why exercise is so important. But not as many are as familiar with why we need sleep. So much sleep. Um, the four to five year old set really needs closer to 11 to 12 hours. Um, so our six year old really works on closer to 12 hours of sleep. Um, there is definitely a range for even our uh, fifth grader who is 11 now. He, he, he does at, at least 11 hours of sleep at night. So that's a lot of sleep and, and, uh, and probably a little eye opening to all of you. I thought we'd talk a little bit about what happens during sleep to your brain. But it's, it's sort of like this hyper-organizing that happens. And it's really when the day's learning is cemented. It's when memories are filed and kind of organized in a very um, Marie Kondo-type way, where you know all the blue shirts are together, and the silk blue shirts are together, and then the old blue shirts are together. And not only that, but those connections are sort of um, knit together. So the, it's, it's sort of this idea of, cementing the learning and then enhancing them by making those connections stronger. And that's what basically makes us smarter. It makes us remember things. So it's when memories are filed and stored and these learning connections are made. And um, also importantly, just as a side note, but it's also important, it's when only, the only time for our kids when growth hormone is released. So there are some studies that show that kids that don't get enough sleep long term also have problems with growth. But, but basically what happens during sleep is sort of this hyper-organizing. So the consequences of not getting that sleep, that 10, 11, 12 hours for our kids, what the, what the studies show, or they, they sort of allude to these, these concepts of, of not getting enough sleep is akin to being legally drunk. So think about that for us, but then how that would affect a kid who's not getting enough sleep. So not being able to think clearly, not being able to make wise choices, um, not be able to, let alone solve problems or have be creative. Um, so the idea of your head kind of spinning and sitting in a classroom and trying to learn, this is what's happening to our kids that aren't getting enough sleep. 
One study showed a two-grade learning difference between a kid who slept, got enough sleep, and didn't get enough sleep. So a fourth grader performs like a second grader with as little as one hour less of sleep. And I'm not talking one night of going out late. We're talking over time. So sleep debt over time. And even some studies were showing even 15 minutes less a night of sleep than what your child actually needs, accumulated over time, you know, over months we're talking about, one night, um, can result in this kind of learning difference, the ability to retain information, sit in the classroom, make wise choices, socially be able to interact, listen to the teacher, things like that. So that's just one hour less of sleep over time. The top reasons for not being able to fall asleep easily at bedtime. The biggest reasons are an ill-timed bedtime. So if bedtime is too early or too late, based on your kid's overall schedule. In, our, um, in my experience with working with lots and lots of families, the usual culprit is that bedtime is too late. So when you put a kid down overtired and you miss their window, it's kind of like the idea of giving them a six-pack of Red Bull and then saying, okay, time to settle, good night. And their body produces a hormone called cortisol, which is the one that makes you kind of run. And so it's very difficult to settle when you miss the window of sleep, you put a kid down overtired and their body is running because we've missed that window and <coughs> it makes it really hard to then settle and it usually takes an hour or two for that Red Bull, so to speak, to wear off. Um, another big cause th these days is screen use too close to bedtime. To limit screen use, to turn off all screens within two hours of bedtime. So that means Phones, computers, TVs, obviously, but the two-hour window. And the reason is the blue light from screens <coughs> is the light wave that inhibits melatonin production. So the melatonin is what they call our internal sleep hormone, which helps us fall, helps all of us fall asleep easily. When it's shut down, it's the thing that, that we need to fall asleep. Um, and the two things that have to happen for us to easily fall asleep are a rise of that melatonin and a drop of the core body temperature. If the melatonin isn't able to rise and if it's blocked by the screen, then it makes it very difficult. So if kids are watching TV, even a little bit of TV, even just five minutes, um, it can really cause that latency to sleep that you see, um, that I see often. A diet is another one. Um, two things about that. One is... Usually I recommend dinner about two hours before bedtime. And then limit snacks. Because the snacks are the ones that are usually the sugary things. Even fruit. Um, but a lot of times people are just giving bars out at 7 or 8 o'clock at night or other sugary things. That can also, and processed foods especially, there's a lot of research about this, um, that can also make it very difficult for their bodies to settle. So really try to have a healthy dinner. Focus on healthy um, eating. Um, and exercise, obviously to um, to help that with that wind down. And then um, the last one I already mentioned, but if it's too light or too cold. So the idea is um, that the drop in the core body temperature is controlled by the temperature. What we're aiming for usually for a room temperature is 68 to 70 degrees. So pretty cool. Um, the drop in the core body temperature and the rise in melatonin in conjunction are what help us fall into sleep. So really that, at this time of year, darkness is not an issue. I have a lot of issues with darkness with kids um, in the summertime.
because at eight o'clock it's still light and our kids are like, why are we going to bed? It's still light out. So you really have to manufacture that darkness. There's also something called this forbidden zone. One of the scientific ideas with sleep is we have um, what's called an internal circadian clock. And it's sort of our internal biological clock. And basically, I like to just describe it as what you want to do with, um, with, our, with our sleep times as adults and with kids is catch their sleep wave. And there's these certain sleep waves that happen during the day. For little kids, there's sleep waves that happen where they take their naps. For adults, we even have a sleep wave and if you get tired at about four-ish in the afternoon, that's when we have a little dip. And that's when actually the, the experts are recommending that we take a little 20-minute nap at that time. So some of these big companies like Google have these Google nap pods where you can take a little rest in the afternoon. So we do have these natural dips. And then for kids, for bedtime, that natural sleep wave is, again, between 6.30 and 8.00. And you want to figure out what is your kid's ideal bedtime where they fall asleep easily within about 15 to 20 minutes and then they get that 11, 10, 11 hours at night. My main takeaways, which is to make sleep a priority, to not be the pillow, so don't be a crutch for your kids. Step out of the room, have confidence in them, and um, kind of set up for sleep success. So make sure the routines are in place, that the environment is perfect, that the timing is perfect, that you remove the screens, and allow that, um, and that you're, and, and allow them to get the sleep that they need. And also remember that you're not alone because sleep issues are universal. I have clients in Nairobi, Hong Kong, India, all over the world, and everybody has these common sleep issues. So always rest assured that if you feel like you're alone, you are not. I can tell you stories and stories for hours. I could talk for hours and hours about these issues. And the great news is, about what I do, is that it's always fixable. Any sleep issue, any behavioral sleep issue, all behavioral sleep issues are very easily fixable. So if you say, I've been working with this, I've had this problem for years, I, she won't let me leave the room, it's always fixable. It doesn't mean it's without some consternation or a little bit of maybe a meltdown, but it's always fixable in a very short period of time. So if anyone has any sleep issues um, with their kids and they feel like they're stuck, know that, that there is a sol there's a solution for it. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Latin Learner Podcast. Check out other episodes on our website at latinschool.org slash podcast. <laughs>